All right, welcome to Rock Vegas, everybody. This is Glenn Rockney. Um, Raider Nation, I have a special episode planned for you guys. Um, interviewed PFF's Austin Gale. Um, he's a Raider fan. Grew up a Raider fan, still a Raider fan. We did confirm and we got him to admit it later in the show. Um, so that's coming up in a little bit. I uh, just wanted to go over a couple things and then do a, a mock draft simulator because I think that'll be fun. Kind of a slow week for Raiders news. Um, not a whole lot going on on the free agent front. I don't expect that to change a lot. Um, maybe a couple signings, but I expect a lot of that to kind of be after the draft with some of the free agent action that happens there. I think the guys that are there are fine being there, like the Richard Shermans. You know, the, Richard Sherman doesn't need to sign right now. He... Where he goes, I think he's going to know he was going the whole time. But they're going to wait for the draft to fall out, in my opinion. But per Ian Rappaport, this was 20 minutes ago. This is while I was in the interview. Um, I saw that the Raiders are hosting Carl Joseph. You guys remember him? Carl Joseph, safety. Cleveland Browns. Former, what was he, 14th overall uh, Raiders draft pick? Drafted him pretty high. Um, was okay for the Raiders. He was okay. And, you know, he... He left, um, didn't get the deal that he thought he was going to get. I think he went to Cleveland on, what, a one-year deal. And um, they're hosting him for a visit. And I can't say that I hate it. I can't say that I hate it. Not that I think Carl Joseph's going to be in for some resurgence or ever live up to that draft spot that they picked him at. But for one, if you ask Carl Joseph to just be rangy and help out on the back end, I think he can do that. What the Raiders were asking him to do was cover tight ends. That's not going to happen. Um, and it doesn't have to here. I guarantee you, if Carl Joseph signs with the Raiders, he's it's going to be just for like three million, four million, something, nothing big, right? Maybe not even that. That still doesn't stop you from drafting a safety, but it does maybe stop you from reaching on one round one, which I, I that's my my ultimate fear. I talked about it with Austin Gale. Do not reach on a safety. Like I was my fear. The safe. There's no Ed Reed in this class. I mean, if there is, they didn't show it on tape in college. But, you know, these Morigs and, um, you know, other guys, like I, I just I don't see them being the move. R Richie Grant, if that happened at 17, for one, I'd be surprised for a second. But then I'd be like, oh, God, of course they did, you know. And um, if they were to bring in a safety like this, I, I don't know. Maybe they already have their mind made up on who they're picking. But I. This would stop them from maybe getting desperate, you know. And then, like I said, you can still add one because you want to be three, four deep at safety. We're in a division with Patrick Mahomes. Denver, I, I, I bet you Denver has a new quarterback other than Drew Locke after, honestly, day one, in my opinion. We'll see. And, you know, you, you, Justin Herbert's in the division. You're going to have to have safeties, you're going to have to have corners, and you're going to have to have pass rushers. So if you bring in Carl Joseph and ask him, give him a nice simplified role, um, you know, it's a new defense. This isn't the Paul Gunther defense that that uh, um, Carl Joseph played in, right? When he when his first year with Gruden, um, it ju it just wasn't that. So, I, I think if you could get Carl Joseph in just a role where, if you saw at West Virginia, some of his best plays in college. And I know this is a long time ago, and I know he got injured um, in college, and maybe that affected him a little bit. But he's still fast. He's still athletic. Um, can still can still hit. And is a really good tackler. But if you just ask him to be rangy over the top, which I think they're going to do, I think they're going to want Abram around the line of scrimmage in that kind of Jamal Adams just rover role, like where you just see ball, hit ball kind of guy. I think that's Jonathan Abram's role in the NFL. I think the Carl Joseph, if they were to get him signed, I'd, I'd be pretty happy with that. And let's be real. 
it's not Eric Harris. It's not Jeff. Heath. I mean, Jeff, he's still here. Guy's like a cockroach, man. Like you can't get rid of that guy, but you know, Eric Harris, he's gone, but now you're not, you know, Dallin Levitt doesn't have to see the field. Maybe if you draft a safety, which I think they will, I can almost guarantee you they're going to draft a safety. Um, it, this just moves those guys down the depth chart. Dallin Levitt just becomes a special teams player, which I guess that's his thing. I still remember him rolling into the kicker last year uh, against Atlanta, but whatever. Um, so yeah, that's the Carl Joseph news. Let's get into the mock draft. Um, I just wanted to do this. It'd be fun. Um, again, slow week of Raiders news. I got the Austin Gale interview coming up later. Stay tuned for that. And um, yeah, let's let's get into it. So I'm using the PFF just you know in honor of our guest today. I'm using the PFF mock draft simulator i like them the most because I, I like to the draft network one is cool i actually like their interface a lot but you got to pay to do trades so i don't know i i, I kind of like this a little more so uh this one the board looks a little different because pff's board is different right like pff's board is way different skewed towards positional value uh we, we get into it later in the interview so it's going to look a lot different i don't think a lot of these guys will be available when they are available in this mock draft i'm sure a lot of raider nation's been doing this so shut up glenn get to the draft i got it i heard you um so here we go let's uh let's do it let's put this on the screen and share it perfect all right so uh let's get started raiders pick at 17 Oh, it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be awesome we're gonna change the raiders right here oh mac jones is still available we got yeah see see what i mean that's not gonna happen so let's be let's be real i don't think jc horn or mac jones is gonna be there so what i'm gonna do is when we're looking here now you know what let's say jc horn is available i'm gonna take him because everybody else we're not taking trayvon morig Rashad Bateman, who I love, um, not sure I see the Raiders doing that. Um, Greg Newsom, who I, I like, but I don't like him more than J.C. Horn. I can't pass on him right here. I'm going to get a bad grade if I do that. So uh, we're going to take J.C. Horn. Sounds good. All right. So we got J.C. Horn. We got our lockdown corner. You got Trayvon Mullen, Damon Arnett, and J.C. Horn. All guys on rookie deals still. All guys you like a lot. So what do we need now? We need our tackle. So this goes, uh, right now I'm already looking at do we go Walker Little or Dylan Radins? Um, a lot of people like Walker Little. Matt Fallon loves Walker Little. I like Walker Little. I'm a little bit scared. I know he's had a lot of injuries in college. Um, Mike Tannenbaum, I was listening to him the other day, and he's like, look, if guys get injured in college, like they're going to get injured in the pros. Like that just It just happens more often than not. Um, it's it's tough. So what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to look at who else is on the board. I see Landon Dickerson's there. Another guy that gets hurt. Jackson Carmen's still there. Um, I want to get a tackle in this draft. Uh, I don't love the the depth here, right? It looks like the tackles are going early. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to take Dylan Radins. I like Dylan Radins. And you know what? Walker Little. We're taking Walker Little. Ball out. Go for the Go for the top. Top end guys. He's a freak athlete. Stanford product. Let's do it. I talked myself out of it. So we're in the third round. In the third round, there are still some great players here. I'm not trading back at all. I didn't, I didn't no trades. I, li I like everything I'm seeing here, right? So there's a lot we could do here in the, in the third round. So we need a safety, though. The Raiders do need a safety. Dammy Brown is a really fun player, good deep threat. But look, I thought 
you should be with John Brown and Henry Ruggs. You should be good with your deep passing game. Um, and Derek Carr's still going to need to win underneath in a Gruden offense. Maybe we don't do that. I love Jamar Johnson, and that's who I'm taking. Love Jamar Johnson. But the Raiders have the next pick as well, 79 and 80. Thank you, Rodney Hudson. Um, Jamar Johnson, it is. So where do we go now? I think what we'll do... So I'm I'm in, I'm in between here on Jameen Davis, Jamin, Jamin Davis. I'm actually unsure on his name or Kendrick Green here. Those are the guys I like. Would like I would lean towards Tay Gowan, but we did take J.C. Horn. He fell into our laps at 17 there. Um, yeah, I I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna go with Jamin Davis. Yeah, no, I feel I feel great about that. We're high fiving in the war room. Um, yeah, that's, that's what's happening. So let's get to our next pick here at 121. 121. Would you look at that? I stayed patient. Kendrick Green's still on the board. Kendrick Green's a nice athletic guard prospect. Um, doesn't have to play right away. You have Rich Incognito. You have, uh, um, Denzel Good, John Simpson, who you drafted the year before. Fortify that interior. A lot of people think Kendrick Green's going to play center as well. So that's interesting, too. If you have guard center versatility, I think Tom Cable's all over that. So let's go Kendrick Green. I think it's a, I think it's a no-brainer. I love Milton Williams, by the way. Milton Williams rocks. So let's go with Kendrick Green. Yeah, Milton Williams, tough to pass on there. But to be honest, I, I want to get this offensive line young, cheap, and athletic. All right. Oh, man, Tay Gowan is still there. And Milton Williams is still there. Being a, G, being a GM is easy. Let me just tell you that, right? Look how easy this is. I'm just crushing it. Like, I think I've drafted three Hall of Famers. <laughs> I'm just messing around. Jesus Christ. Relax, Raider Nation. Relax. Um, this is interesting here. Round five. Tay Gowan is still there. I think I got to go Milton Williams here, though. I think I got to go Milton Williams. Milton Williams, if you look at his pro day numbers are insane i've seen people put these numbers and look i don't think he's this player obviously he's not this player or else he'd be drafted where this guy was drafted but milton williams has comparable pro day numbers to aaron donald in the fifth round if you have comparable pro day numbers to aaron donald i'm taking you right i'm taking you i don't care what happens fifth round pick it's worth it every single time you draft a freakish athlete um he doesn't have the production aaron donald did and it doesn't show up every play on his tape either I think he has some some motor kind of motor issues and stuff. Whatever. Fifth round pick, low risk, really high reward. Okay, pick number one sixty seven. No, no chance. Benjamin St. Juice is still there. I that that's just embarrassment of riches. Just, just an embarrassment of riches. <sighs> Jamie and Sherwood, Jalen Darden, who actually that, he's fun to watch if you watch his tape from uh, North Texas. Um, Justin Healy. Let's take Benjamin St. Juice. Drafted two corners. Uh, look, I know. Like, I know. We're, there's so many corners on this team now. What do we do? Oh, I don't know. Maybe we just cut Nevin Lawson. How about that? Yeah, how about that? All right. So, this is the... Was this the Raiders' last pick of the draft? Yeah. 200. Wow. It went by so fast. Usually, drafts last longer than that for some reason. Um, I love Aaron Banks. I'm big Aaron Banks fan, big Notre Dame fan. Aaron Banks is awesome. I think he's going to be a really like solid starting guard in the NFL. Um, I think he'll go a lot earlier than this. I think he's going to be gone by the fourth round. Um, 
let's see. You know what? I know I drafted a guard earlier. But I'm going to take another guard. I don't care. I, we might have, we might be having Kendrick Green playing center. In this, in if if he ends up working out at center, so why not draft another guard, right? Richie Incognito is gonna not going to play forever. Aaron Banks. So yeah, I think I mean that's the picks right there. That's the picks. Let's see. Let's see what they. Uh, let's see what they give me. Let's see. Grading your draft. They they gave me a C minus. A C minus. I gotta put this on the screen. Hold on. I, they, they gave me a C minus. PFF. Come on. I just interviewed one of your guys, man. Like, give, cut me some slack. C minus for drafting JC Horn at 17 overall. I would be doing. I would attempt a backflip and go to the intensive care unit. In my, I'd be seven or eight IPAs deep. Lord knows how many edibles, and I would do a flip and almost break my neck. If we got JC Horn at 17, C minus, they get me. That's barely enough to play football in colleges when you get the C minus. Maybe not at South Carolina, but you know, Walker Little, they give me a C plus. I, if Walker Little and JC Horn are our first two picks, I'm like, I'm again, more backflips. Jamar Johnson gets a B plus. Jamin Davis gets a C plus. Kendrick Green gets a B plus. Milton Williams gets a B plus. Benjamin St. Juiced in the fifth round gets a C plus, which again, I think he's gone day two day. I, I think day two end of day two. He's gone. Uh, Aaron banks uh, gets a B overall. They gave me a B, which they didn't like the top end, which is insane. So yeah, that's, that's it. That's, that's mock draft. Uh, I'll do one of these with Matt Fallon when he comes on too. Um, but again, we didn't have a lot of news in Raider nation this week. And um yeah, so I'll have this plus the uh, interview, which will be coming up shortly in this program. Do not stop listening because it's a really fun interview with Austin Gale. Um, again, I'm at Glenn Rockney. Um, you can follow me on on Twitter. Um, talk shit to me if you don't. If you like the program, say you like it. If you don't, tell me why. Um, no problem. Review on iTunes if you listen on iTunes. Um, subscribe on YouTube. Um, it's the Rare Candy YouTube page. Um, again. If you're watching this on YouTube, just press subscribe. It might look confusing. It's not, it doesn't say Glenn Rockney. It says Rare Candy. That's just where all the podcasts that I do and YouTube stuff I do is on there. Um, so, yeah, that's it for me, Raider Nation. Um, hopefully they sign Carl Joseph. I, I would love to sign Carl Joseph. I, that would make me very happy. I didn't think that was any kind of possibility. So, all right. Here's the interview right, with Austin Gale. Got a special guest today from Pro Football Focus. Two for one drafts podcast. One of my favorite draft podcasts this time of year. Don't want to miss it with uh, Mike Renner. And uh, today I have Austin Gale. How's hey, it going, man. man? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. No worries. No worries. So he's a busy man, especially this time of year. I'm sure uh, I'm sure, you know, you're counting down the days to the finish line. Are you, are you looking forward to the draft or do you like not want this time to end? <laughs> it's it's definitely a love hate. I mean, I th- I'm definitely excited for this draft. I think when you see all the results come in and you're able to evaluate draft classes as a whole, it's awesome. I definitely think. This period of time, I do think the last like three weeks before the draft, I think so much of the conversation becomes on what people are hearing and not actually evaluating who's good and who isn't that it gets kind of noisy and not super fun. But I do think that, I mean, it's a fun time. I'm still evaluating players and and looking at players every day. So that's fun. Doesn't stop. Doesn't stop. So another question I have now, I know you grew up a Raider fan. Are you still a Raider fan? Like, really, are you are you still just like that week one? When week one comes around, regardless of the offseason, are you still like, let's get it, boys? 
I think so. I want to say yes. I, I think my fandom has definitely dwelled or come down a little bit mm-hmm. since obviously leaving, leaving, not, I don't think it was even leaving Oakland. It was just more like being an analyst, like being an NFL analyst. It's like very difficult to kind of still commit fandom, still be right. a fanatic over one team when obviously you're analyzing, <clears throat> excuse me, when you're analyzing, you know, 32 NFL teams and, and trying to look at things more objectively, it's difficult to be locked in any one team. Of course, I'm still supporting them. And, it, and the biggest reason for that is still my, my friends from back home. My dad is still a big Raiders fan, all those things. So I definitely think I support them for those reasons. Yeah. And um, let's be real. They haven't made it easy for you to uh, to support them. So <laughs> like for me, I, it's like every Sunday, I'm like, I'm not a fan anymore. Every Sunday, every through the week, like, nope, I'm going to find another team or just be into players. But um the Raiders haven't drafted well most of my life, probably most of your life as well, I would imagine. And um, But let's just focus on, since Mike Mayock got there with John Gruden, not, and they've had five first-round picks under Mike Mayock. And um, what you guys do differently at PFF is you guys really take in positional value with those picks. And I've heard what you guys have said. You guys don't exactly think that they got the most value for those picks, right? Not necessarily. I, I do think that, you know, when we're looking at it from a positional value perspective, the Raiders have kind of thrown it out the window, you know, looking at some of the players that they have drafted. I do think that, you know, valuable positions, and we're talking about, there's two you know, definitions or two ways to look at positional value. Obviously, there's the positional value aspect of like, which positions more often impact wins than other ones. Quarterback being a dominate, a dominant piece there. Um, pass rusher, very important, wide receiver, corner. Those are more on the football field, valuable positions. I throw safety in the mix as well, probably an undervalued position in the market. But then there's this other conversation about market value positions. What are the highest paid positions in the NFL on the open market? That's quarterback, edge defender, offensive tackle, defensive tackle, these guys that affect the passing game, wide receiver, corner. And then you finally get these situations where the lowest value positions from on the market or box safety, running back, tight end, off-ball linebacker. And I think that's where you've seen, you know, the Las Vegas Raiders spend too many resources. And in the picks that they have, you know, you know, invested in valuable positions like edge defender, Cleveland Furl, offensive tackle, Colton Miller, cornerback, Damon Arnett, Trayvon Mullen. They've, they've, they've swung and missed on some of those. Colton Miller, now what? Top five paid tackle in the NFL, $18 million per year. I think he's still quote unquote overpaid for the position. I don't think he's the fifth best tackle in the office in the NFL, but of all the picks that they've made in recent years, that's their best one. Because why is an athletic high upside type of offensive tackle or type of player at a viable position at offensive tackle. And now paying him the first, I think player from the 2018 NFL draft to get an extension at $18 million per year, that figure is going to look a lot cheaper in two, three years time. And I think you're getting ahead of the market. You're extending him ahead of time. I really do think that the Colton Miller pick, I didn't love it at first. Passing on Derwin James or Colton Miller was not what I thought they made. The, that made the most sense. However, looking at it in hindsight, and you know, over the three years I've been at PFF, I think I've learned a lot more about positional value and how you evaluate each pick in the draft. It was one of their better picks. It was a, it was a strong choice because if Colton Miller could just be average to above average, which he's been, he's been average this past season, slightly above average as a run blocker and really above average as a pass protector. If he can be that type of player for you, he's worth the money. He's worth at a valuable position like that. It's very much worth it. Hitting on a player at a valuable position like tackle that can be average to above average is awesome to see. And I think he, you know, it's an extension well-deserved. We can debate whether or not he should be the 10th best paid tackle or best. You have to pay the market rate every single time they paid that. And I don't think it was a bad decision. Right. Right. So then 
you know, 2019, you take you, like you said, Cleveland Furl, a run, a primarily run stopping, not exactly a, a athlete, right. A, a, like, like Colton Miller was at, at four with guys like Brian Burns still there. Um, and then Josh Jacobs, right. As a running back. Right. And even, and even then did they bet on upside athletic upside with Josh Jacobs? No, they didn't. Right. Like he's not, was not the fastest running back by any means. He was one of the slower ones, um, even though he's been great. And then you said like a box safety and these are guys that you can get cheaper on the open market, right? When you're in free agency, if you're trying to just fill holes on your team rather than using valuable resources, right? Yeah, that draft, that 2019 draft is real, real head-scratcher. Because Cleveland Furl, though a valuable position, if he plays along the edge, was just a reach. I mean, Brian Burns was a better prospect. Josh Allen was a better prospect. Like, I was very cons- – like, I just – I think it was a misevaluation on who the best edge defender was in that class. And I think in addition to that, Josh Jacobs could be – a top five running back in the NFL and still, you know, not necessarily worth that, you know, that investment. Because again, when you pay Josh Jacobs, that first round rookie cost controlled contract, you're immediately, the immediate expectation is one, he's got to stay healthy. Two, he's got to be probably a top 10 player in his position. Cause that is a high paid contract. If you draft a running back inside the top 10, top 15, he immediately becomes one of the 10 highest paid players at his position. You do the same thing for tackle edge QB, obviously wide receiver corner. It's not even close. You look at box safety, Jonathan Abram. Even if Jonathan Abram was good, which he hasn't been, even if he's been good, even if he was average to above average, the best safety on the open market this past year, John Johnson, won't even make more than $11, $12 million a year next year. Like, again, it's when teams are paying so much money for offensive tackles, edge defenders, these different things, and you can get players at these positions cheaper, I just don't think it makes sense when the NFL has gifted every team these cost-controlled contracts to spend it on lower value positions. It's why attack box safety on day two, day three. Attack your offensive line, interior defensive line, day two, day three. Go after those low value linebacker. Go after those low value positions later in the draft, day two, day three, before you start spending those high picks on them. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you guys. I mean, it, it's weird because like you guys were low on it. I, there were other media outlets that were like, no, they got a bunch of ball players. This is a, a tone setting leadership change and, and stuff. And it's too early with Henry Ruggs. It's too, even though Damon Arnett was a reach and he'll always be a reach. It's still too early, right? We don't know. We don't, we don't know. Every rookie corner struggled last year to an extent, but this year, 2021 draft, um, they picked 17th Raiders pick 17th overall. Now, a lot of people think that they are pigeonholed into picking a right tackle. Do you agree? I don't think they're pigeonholed, but I do think that they're, <clears throat> I do think that they're, they should be looking at the pass rusher class or the offensive tackle class. Like that's where that 17th overall pick is going to make sense. That's where there's going to be value. You take a linebacker there. I think it's too early, whether it's Jeremiah, Wusu Kormoa, I don't think Micah Parsons will be there. You take anyone other than Micah Parsons at 17 at linebacker there. I think it's too early. You take, I think Christian Barmore might be a little too rich in my mm-hmm. opinion to take an interior defensive lineman there. And then the wide receiver class after the big three, as much as I love Rashad Bateman, as much as I love Kadarius Tony, I'm not a big fan of, of them in that spot either. I think at that point where the value is going to be Christian Derisaw, Virginia Tech, Tevin Jenkins, Oklahoma State, you go Walker Little of Stanford, might be too early for him considering injury concerns and those things, or Quiddy Pay of Michigan, Jason Oway of Penn State, like any of those guys would also work as well. I think you have to consider those positions. The last position, I've had this take on a handful of Raiders, um, Las Vegas radio stations and those things. The last position you take is safety. Some people are like, well, they didn't sign a safety. Mm-hmm. What are we even doing here? It's like, stop. 
The only good safety in this class that's worth taking in the first round is Trayvon Morgan. And even then, at 17, I think it's an egregious use of mis- a misuse of resources because safety is still a lower-valued market value position. Like, not a lot of teams are paying a ton of money for safeties. And plus, there's still t- some on the market. You know, they can go get Malik Hooker still. I think Trey Boston's still available. Like, you don't have to invest that number 17 overall pick in a safety. And you don't have to tell the Raiders that. Investing in Carl Joseph, Jonathan Abram. Like, it's been a while since Charles Woodson hit and Charles Woodson was a corner out of the gate. So like, I don't think the Raiders need to invest in safety out of the gate. And uh, Charles Woodson contributed on offense too. So, I mean, the value was just <laughs> unbelievable at that pick if you ask me, but um, the uh, also too, doesn't help that your GM is a, is it was a, was a safety or a corner? Was it Mike, Mike Mayock was a corner and a safety. So I, I just, I think you might value that position more than more than most people. But what do you think about corner at 17? I mean, do, do you think, I, I don't think they're set at corner personally. Like, no way. The problem I have with corner is that, you know, one, I think the top two guys will be off the board in Patrick Sertan and JC Horn. I'm nervous about Caleb Farley and the back surgeries. From what I've heard, it sounds closer to a Tony Romo situation than maybe people want it to be to where the back injury is going to be kind of long-term and kind of suffering, whatever it may be. I don't want to speak to speculation, but I've heard the back stuff could be bad for Caleb Farley. The other thing is Greg Newsome doesn't really fit what they want to do. Like Greg Newsome though he could play press man at the next level. I think he's better in an off coverage scheme. I think they're going to want to play man coverage with Damon Arnett and obviously Trayvon Mullen. You don't draft those players and not play press man coverage. And I, I think they were misused in Paul Gunther's scheme. I think Gus Bradley puts them in a better position to succeed. You, another reason you don't want to draft corner there, unless obviously a, a big time talent like Horn or Sertan falls to at 17 is that you just invested, you know, you've invested two top 50 picks at corner in Damon Arnett and Trayvon Mullen. At what point are you going to commit and develop those guys? Like you have to, like you invested those picks, you have to commit and develop those guys. You can't just keep in bringing, bringing in other talent to like play ahead of them. The other guy too is Amik Robertson, who obviously they have a ton of you know interest in and, and could potentially play in the slot at the slot corner next year. Let's see it. Like you got to see these guys play, in my opinion. Okay, well, I, I mean, I I think I agree with you there, especially with the it's just terrible with the Caleb Farley news. I think that would have skewed the whole draft to where even a JC Horn becomes available at seventeen. You know, and um. Just my last question for you is after day one, day one's over for you. We, we already established you're still a Raider fan. So what if somebody on day two, day three, where you would just be like, yes, they drafted this guy, you know? That's interesting. I do think that I would continue to look to invest along the offensive line. I, I, I think if the, even if they, if they do grab a tackle at 17, go grab another one, dude. Like that, this tackle class is so good. Go, you can go get, at Darasaw or Tevin Jenkins at 17. And then in, in the second round, go get Walker Little, Dylan Radins, Alex Leatherwood, Sam. If those guys start to fall, you can go get better along the offensive line. It's something where getting cheaper at valuable positions, even if they aren't clear cut positions of need, like obviously you love Colt Miller, you just paid him that money, you're maybe going to draft a tackle in the first round. Getting better, getting deeper at valuable positions is going to help you open up spend in free agency when you don't have to pay your entire offensive line, like they did, people forget. The Las Vegas Raiders chased the ceiling along the offensive line. Rodney Hudson, highest paid center at the time. Gabe Jackson to a monster extension. Trent Brown, highest paid offensive tackle. First round pick on Colton Miller. They chased the ceiling. They chased the moon. They shot the moon and along the offensive line. Now, Gabe Jackson gone, Rodney Hudson gone, Trent Brown gone. It's very difficult to pay three, four guys along the offensive line a ton of money. So you have to get cheaper and you have to get younger at those positions. So I do think double dipping along the offensive line could be an option. If not, the thing is, if they don't go pass rusher in round one, 
There's some round two guys that I like, but I don't love. Carlos Basham Jr. of Wake Forest is one that I think has multiple gap versatility. I think he would fit well in um, Josh Bradley's defense. And I think that's the elephant in the room too. Like there's holes along the offensive line. There's holes at corner even if you wanted to get better there and you wanted a Horn or Patrick Sertan. But Gus Bradley's defense doesn't blitz. I mean, over the past five years, he's blitzed at the lowest rate of any defense coordinator in the NFL. The reason he's had success in previous years, you go back to his time with Seattle, Cliff Averill, Michael Bennett up front, had really success, a lot of success in Seattle. Then you go to Jacksonville. Unique Ngakwe when he was you know banging, Calais, Camp, Calais Campbell yeah. out there in Jacksonville. Then you go to Los Angeles, Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa. Like he has had dominant pass rushers up front when his defenses had to have had success. I don't think the Raiders have that. Not with a combination of Max Crosby, Cleveland Furl, Unique Ngakwe. I, I don't think that's it. I think you do need to get better there, at least from a rotational perspective. So if they do went round one on, say, a Jalen Phillips, Quiddy Pay. Jason Owe, then you can feel really confident in round two going after one of those tackles I spoke to, like Walker Little or Sam But again, they don't have to lock into any position, but go get the valuable ones. Pass rusher, offensive tackle. Go find a way to get go get those. Completely. I actually completely agree with that. Like, I I don't ever want them to just be like 17 because that's what they have done. We were taking a a wide receiver at 12 last year, taking a, a, a corner at 19. It just seemed like they were locked in on their guy and they're scared to lose him. So I really appreciate you joining me. I won't keep you any longer, man. Um, thanks for coming by everyone. Austin Gale is, uh, and uh, go ahead and plug everything you have right now. Cause it's a lot. Yeah. Definitely check out, you know, PFF.com first and foremost, doing a lot of fun stuff there, you know, with the NFL draft and the NFL draft guide and stuff that we have. We'll also be doing our live draft show. You'll see me and Mike on camera for like six hours straight for the 2021 NFL draft, which will be fun. And then the other thing to mention Follow me on Twitter, PFF underscore Austin Gale. And then also 2-4 Drafts, man. If you like draft content year-round, we're doing it there at 2-4 Drafts, wherever you find your podcast. I love that podcast. You're a Raider fan. He's a Notre Dame fan. So I'm like, beautiful. That's it's me. So I'm just, I, I just get Homer stuff pretty much for the most part on that, on that podcast. Um, I'm at Glenn Rockney. This is Rock Vegas. I appreciate you guys. Austin, thanks again.